from the Technology Association of Iowa. Welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2023 session at the Iowa State House. I will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology leaders from various industries on specific tech legislation, what impact it may have on Iowa companies, and why it matters to Iowans across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network, processor, and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve the local communities. Learn more at shazam.net. Additional support provided by Denton's Davis Brown. Here with Tim Coonan, Government Relations Special Counsel at Denton's Davis Brown and TAI's Legislative Liaison. Tim was with me earlier this year for a preview of Iowa's legislative session. And now that session is wrapped up, we're here for a recap. Tim, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. The 2023 session recently wrapped and it was a busy one. Why don't you start out with a high-level refresher on some of the action we saw at the State House? Well, I think your roadmap was given to you when the governor gave her condition of the state address. And virtually everything she mentioned in that speech uh, became law. Um, th- this was a obviously uh, a victory lap for the Republicans who had sweeping victories across the state. Um, and, and what you saw was progress on almost every front from uh, workforce to, uh, and, and that includes the apprenticeship bill. Um, you had medical malpractice reform. You had um, any number of reforms, including including our legislation uh, that that is not to be overlooked, the the data privacy bill. Um, but but this is a this is also a year I think a lot of discussion about property tax finally culminated in property tax reform, and I I can't imagine that they won't be coming back for that again next year. But I this is amongst the most productive sessions I've seen the the legislature have maybe ever. So in amongst all of that, like you uh, briefly mentioned, there was uh, an ever-increasing number of technology-related bills, including three priority bills of TAIs, one of which the data privacy bill that you mentioned. Um, All three bills have now been signed by Governor Reynolds, which we are really thrilled to see. We've talked a bit about each one of the bills in earlier episodes this season, but this has not not been an easy effort. It's been a two-year work in progress to get these bills across the finish line. Can you Talk a little bit about what that process has looked like. Absolutely. You know, particularly in the technology arena, uh, but generally speaking, when there's an education that needs to happen on a topic, uh, a lot of times that education has to happen in one session and then action happens in the next session. And I think that's what happened here. Um, Across the board, ransomware, um, the affirmative defense bill, and of course, the data privacy bill uh, encompass some pretty complicated concepts that... Um, people need to get comfortable with. And you want your legislators that way, right? I mean, you, you want them to be thoughtful about what gets passed and sent to the governor. And so I think we can, in hindsight, look at year one as an education year and in year two as an implementation year. And you can you can say that because those bills were sent down to the governor fairly early in session. Um, well, maybe with one exception, but but the big bill, the data privacy bill, was on her desk and signed well in advance of the close of session, which tells you the education happened in session one, 
the implementation happen in session two. Also, kind of in the middle there, this session was the first session that the Senate formally uh, had a technology committee, or, or committee specifically for technology-related bills. Can you, did we see any impact there or, or what effect that had? Absolutely. I think we also had the perfect storm there because a technologist is the committee chair. Um, and that really showed its value with her comfort level and her willingness to explain concepts to her caucus members. Uh, her staff had to get up to speed to where she was. Uh, Senator Knoyer was absolutely critical and I think led the technology committee in a way where they weren't exactly sure what committee they were on or why. They didn't really know what that, you know, there was no track laid down for that. And by the end of session, I think we helped give her a roadmap and a list of accomplishments that she could point to as a pretty strategic year for them. And I think that that just bodes well for the technology industry. And I would also mention that our votes were nonpartisan. Uh, that those are bipartisan, unanimous bills coming out of the both chambers uh, in most cases, but definitely an overwhelming vote, which is how we always want technology to be agnostic. Absolutely. You talked a little bit about the level of education that was needed to get these bills running. When you're engaging with legislators, uh, what what kind of questions are they asking or what are you hearing from them? Well, you know, in this day and age, too, there is a certain healthy amount of fear of uh, overreach, of uh, industry overreach, right? And so in that education process, there's also a trust building process that has to happen. And the questions from them are as, um, f as formational as who wants this? Who benefits? Why? Why is this important? How does this work? How will this impact me? How will this impact my company? How will this? And they're asking all the right questions. And frankly, all the same questions they're asking of bills in any other field. In ours, though, because it's so rapidly changing and government will almost always, without exception, be behind industry in, um, you know, in its understanding and, and in its uh, um, embracing of what's next. Uh, the, the, I thought those questions were good ones. And I think we answered them very well. Um, specifically on the data privacy bill, the biggest questions were oddly about already long established privacy protections at the federal level. You know, if you remember that bill encompasses a number of federal statutes by reference so that they become part of the law. Uh, and I think it surprised a lot of people as far as what privacy protections are already in place and how they're being implemented. And those were questions that we answered, but certainly weren't our issues. So a lot of success this session, but session, uh, just because session is over doesn't mean the legislative process is. Can you talk a little bit about what is happening over the next six months or so before they gavel back in in January? You know, it, it, it if you and it's no accident that the legislative session takes place during the downtime in the agricultural community, right? So this state was founded by farmers, built around the agricultural calendar, January to April, the least busy time on a farm. But if you think about a farm, uh, even if the crops aren't in or aren't being harvested, there's always work to be done. And it's the same in the legislative session. It's just that in the legislative session, you think of January through May as harvest, and you think of June and July, August, September as you're prepping and planting and growing. And that's what we'll be doing uh, the summer and fall is 
figuring out through our committee structure and organizations across the state and country do this. Um, what what do we want to plant and what do we want to look what do we want to look like when it does grow? And, you know, will it be something we can harvest in January? And so that that is what we're looking at. Always appreciate an ag analogy in Iowa. They are never ending, aren't they? Yeah, well, almost, you know, everyone's at least one degree separated from the farm. So I figure that's apt. Uh, on that note, looking ahead, do you have any inclination as to what the legislature might be looking legislature might be looking to attack next, especially as it relates to technology? Aside from technology, I think you can expect income tax to be discussed next year. As a, as a, the governor has stated, she'd like for there to be no income tax in the state of Iowa. Um, I think you can you will be seeing some tweaking. Uh, one of the big things that happened that I didn't mention mention at the outset was the government realignment bill that passed that completely reorganized government and how it delivers service. That that will probably once they kick the tires on that, there's probably going to be some follow up. Um, on that bill. And then in the technology arena, I think you can just look to the news to, to understand. I mean, this is what legislators are watching. They're watching the same thing anybody else is. And, uh, you know, for our priorities, I think we've put ourselves in a position where we are stakeholders and we are able to have some say in what the priorities will be uh, on the technology front. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say that AI will be something that is going to be topical as as uh, the AI applications continue to grow and develop. I don't think we'll be walking away from cybersecurity. Our data privacy bill is effective in 2025. Not sure what will happen between now and session at the federal level um, or at other states. Uh, th there may be some tweaks to be made there. But I think, you know, the, the most important thing for us is to stay evergreen on the issues that we have. And, and we have a responsibility as the technology industry and community to inform the legislators as to what they should be thinking about going into session. And then when they bring ideas to us, we need for them to trust us enough to be able to weigh in and maybe influence the course of those pieces of legislation. So as you mentioned, we're going to be working over the next several months to continue to refine our priorities and look ahead to next session as an organization. For any of our members who might want to reach out to their local legislators or start to build a relationship of their own, any recommendations here over the summer? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think they have a lot to talk about with what's already happened and why. I think that's a good, uh, good in, uh, conversation starter. I'll also say that um, the conversation that really didn't get resolution was the conversation around social media and youth access to social media. I think that's something that we need to be able to be clear on as far as safeguards in place and uh, what makes sense as far as uh, protecting children from content online. I, I think that if there's a comfort level amongst any of our members discussing that with their legislators, I think that'd be really helpful and it would be topical. And with all legislators, they all have, you know, either they themselves, uh, their siblings, children, grandchildren, families, they come in contact with that topic all the time. Uh, that, that's definitely something that I think would pique somebody's interest. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your partnership, both with TI and our membership, and for a very successful session, all the work that you do for us up the hill. And thank you for joining me today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thank you, Molly. I look forward to seeing the members at the big golf outings this summer. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. 
Thanks again to Shazam and Denton's Davis Brown for their commitment and support in making this podcast possible. At the Technology Association of Iowa, we believe technology is the essential driving force in every business market today and impacts virtually every company, industry, and community across the state. Join us in making Iowa a leading technology and innovation ecosystem. More information at technologyiowa.org. Thanks for listening.